and we're going to be talking about a David versus Goliath battle, which is cash ices versus stocks and shares ices. Uh, I think, you know, there is often poor terminology in this industry. I think stocks and shares ISA is probably one of them that doesn't relate to, to how they, they work now. Earlier, earlier this week, we had two really special guests uh, come into head office and Hello and welcome to the True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It's episode 84. It's Friday the 3rd of September. Today I'm joined by George, David and Aidan and we're going to be talking about a David versus Goliath battle which is cash ices versus stocks and shares ices. In the past we've talked about different products against one another. So we've done say ISA versus pension but today it is the ISA v ISA battle so good morning gents how is everybody yeah very well yourself good yes good well. george very good well. so david it's your <laughs> first podcast and in true true potential podcast fashion uh we like to ask people and put them on the spot what's the other first for you this week have you done anything new have you had anything exciting happen this week for the first time yeah um that's, that's a good question greg um i have actually done something uh, for the first time this week um bit of an out there one uh which is i purchased an nft this week um which is something to do with cryptocurrency and blockchain so without getting too far into that um that's what i've done this week that's yeah you, you've mentioned the, the 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 b word and the c word which is blockchain and crypto there which is double bonus really because it, it, it's hot topic it, it, and and I cast my mind back four years ago when you joined True Potential. I, I'd done your second interview yeah. many, many years ago. But um, in the second interview process, for people that aren't aware, we allow people to present on their own topic. And I remember you coming in a fresh-faced young man and you presented to myself and a colleague on um, blockchain and cryptocurrency. Right, yeah. I, I knew very little to nothing then. I still know very little to nothing now. Um, but I do remember being blown away by this. So you're, you're kind of our in-house crypto blockchain, I'm going to say expert, but I know I know you just do it as a hobby. Yeah, I'd say enthusiast yeah. uh, rather than expert, uh, for sure. Okay. And tell everybody what an NFT is, because otherwise you just... Yes. I mean, I, I would like to know as well, but just a quick, <laughs> yeah, a quick no, what is no it? No worries. Please? So um, I think most people who, who kind of are aware of it, it's, it's normally to do with some sort of art. Um, that is um, on the blockchain, so you own the uh, the particular piece of blockchain code for that art. It's attributed to your wallet. Um, so, um, you know, a good analogy would be um, it's almost like a personalised number plate. Um, you own that number plate, but um, you can also sell that number plate and transfer it over to someone else. So, uh, that's it in a nutshell, I guess. But comes with a disclaimer of very risky stuff. Oh, Let's absolutely. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll maybe talk about crypto and bitcoin Not and nft a little later but um george let's let actually before we get on to you george david as well a number of clients might recognize you you're a bit of a celebrity for true potential yeah. you're the the face of many material at true potential including master your money and that's a a quick snapshot isn't it for clients about products and features yeah it's, it's a really good series actually um just covering off a lot of the basics um with regards to investing some of the products that um that we provide and, and the services that we provide here at true potential as well um we like to think of it as, as kind of a nice um you know back to basics uh kind of set of, of videos that we've done so yeah worth worth checking out and 
obviously you can find that on, on the YouTube channel. And more of your face and voice, David, which is the main thing. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, George, if, 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 you, if, if I may just ask you to give us a, a week in the markets, how's it been, how's it going, and what's the, what's the mood in the camp for the IM team? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, well, we've passed over the end of August as well, so it's probably worth just touching on what happened in, in August and building on what we've seen in the week to date, especially overnight, which is, is quite interesting. In terms of August, positive month for global stocks and shares, they were up around 2.5% in local terms, around 3.5% in sterling terms, US and Japan leading the way there. In terms of the US, the more tech-focused NASDAQ outperformed the broader S&P, broader S&P capturing a, a greater number of sectors within there. So tech had a good month, as did communication services and financials within the states. In the UK, it was mainly positive, up 2% in the FTSE 100. You had sterling, which was down around 1.1% against the dollar, which is good for the FTSE 100, but you did have some headwinds from some of the larger sectors of the, the FTSE 100, such as uh, materials, which is a component part, or around 15% of the FTSE 100. So they had a, a more challenging experience. So hence, the UK was a positive performer, but lagged some of the areas there, such as the US. In terms of bond markets, you had a bit of volatility, but generally you saw bond yields move higher. That's mainly as markets continue to grapple with the direction which policymakers are going to take monetary policy in terms of interest rates, in terms of their purchase and the rate of purchase of bonds, given their tolerance, their expectations around inflation levels overall. So it was a more negative month for, for lower risk government bonds, so gilt in US treasuries. And I suppose just to build on a point which Jeff raised on the podcast last week, we did have the, the US Economic Symposium at Jackson Hole. That's often a forum for a lot of discussion around the direction of travel of, of monetary policy in the US. And what was clear is Jerome Powell, who's, who's the, the Federal Reserve Chairman, was very clear that um, you know the ongoing recovery is, is very evident within the US, but at some point in the near future, they may be able to be in a position to start to moderate their, 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 their participation within the markets. And when I'm talking there about participation, what I mean is currently there's two, two handles going on. You've got very low interest rates in the US, but you've also got a huge amount of what we call quantitative easing, which is essentially the purchase of assets from the market. So it injects liquidity into the market. They do this in two ways. They purchase around $80 billion of bonds from the market each month, but also around $40 billion of what we call mortgage-backed securities. So there's a lot of question now in terms of how that program will start to be tapered back. But what's very clear, and I think it's important because back in 2013, we had a situation where the then chairman of the Fed, Ben Bernanke, very quickly removed stimulus. He very quickly eased back on quantitative easing and you had yields in the US start to back up very quickly. So it spooked markets a little bit. So that's why markets are very clear at this point in terms of focusing on not only the, the content which is coming out of the central banks and the guidance, but the language which is used. Mm. And on morning markets, we talk about the minutes. We scrutinize the minutes of, our, of the Federal Reserve meetings very closely to really digest exactly how the tone of the, the, the approach is taken, changing. But one thing that is very clear is that the economy is growing well, they are moving towards targets, and they'll only start to taper back on that support at the right time. If you're invested in higher, high, or higher risk or lower grade um, 
bonds, such as investment grade corporate bonds or higher yield bonds, you did get a stronger return over the month there. So a bit of a differential there between lower risk government bonds, given where yields went to, and the higher risk, better return opportunities within there. Against that backdrop, and I've zoned in on a couple of different regions and assets, but we provide a diversified investment solution. So for TPP, it was a strong month for, for returns defensive. Mm -hmm. After portfolio charges was up around 0.8%, balanced 1.8% in the aggressive portfolio, 2.7%. So it's a, a good level of return given the backdrop. And August is typically a, a quieter month within markets. So we're very pleased with the returns. We're very pleased with the returns delivered by those managers who we've taken the active decision to have a larger weight in towards. If we just look over the week, and for the UK it was a shorter week, we all enjoyed the, the, the bank holiday, but global stocks and shares, generally positive. You've got Europe, which is leading the way. It's up around 0.8% so far this week, supported by smaller and medium-sized business. In the UK, the FTSE 100's up around 0.7 when I, I checked just before we jumped into the room there. In the US, lagging behind over the week, some of the areas which were very strong in, in August, just lagging behind slightly in the in the week so far. In Asia, down slightly, that was mainly two parts. China's made a bit of a recovery, but still facing a number of pressures from the regulatory developments which you've seen there. But it's really the areas such as South Korea and Brazil which are dragging down the index over the week. Overnight, you've had a really interesting development within Japan. Um, it's actually led to a positive reaction in markets because you've seen a bit of yen weakness, but also the hopes of, of looser purse strings, so a bit more stimulus there. And that was President Sugar, who has suggested he'll be stepping down from his role as, as president. Mm -hmm. He took over from Shinzo Abe, who was in there for many years and, and was the founder of Abenomics within Japan. So essentially the electorate, the, the electorate doesn't like the way in which Sugar has tackled the pandemic, his mm. approach there and his ratings in the polls has, has, has been really under pressure. So a, a big development there, which we'll be discussing more on our morning markets on our webinars over the coming weeks. But in terms of bond markets so far, you've seen US Treasuries 10 years at around 1.29%. That's moved in a range of around 1.27 to 1.33. So a bit of a spread there in terms of where bond yields have moved over the week. Again, given the sort of discussions which we've been having around inflation expectations and policy, that's not surprising. In the UK, you've got 10-year government guilds at around 0.67%. It's been a bit of a weaker start to the, to the month for the dollar. You've seen a bit of sterling strength come through on the back of that. I think just in terms of other aspects which we've been discussing, PMI, I know I talk about PMI quite a bit, PMI essentially Purchase and Managers Index. It's really a, a forward-looking view, it's a sentiment indicator discussing things such as new orders, it's looking at um, inventory times, it's looking at appetite for employment. It gives you a bit of a sense for how supply chain managers are thinking about the future moving forward. At the beginning of the week you saw a bit of a, an easing in terms of the, the sentiment in China. A few things to note there, China were the first out of lockdown, they were one of the only economies in the world to generate positive growth last year, they've had a, a really strong recovery out of here. They've also got one of the strictest measures in place in terms of lockdown. If you get a very small number of cases, the lockdown restrictions are very tight, so that's feeding into the sentiment indicators within China. In the US, you've got the manufacturing sector which is still showing very strong readings around new orders, around inventory levels. 
but there is the challenge there of rising costs. The rising costs, a lot of that is coming from the fact that you have got supply chain challenges within Southeast Asia. So you've seen a lot of the ports within China really under, under pressure given those tighter restrictions. Europe still showing some really strong numbers there. Today, I think a lot of the, the, the eyes will be on the US labour market data. So a few areas there, you had a, an interesting month of August, a good backdrop for the, the, the true potential portfolios and a really interesting start to, to September. So lots, of, lots for us to, to continue to discuss on, on these sessions and on, on morning markets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, George, I was impressed because you dropped webinars, Master Your Money, Morning Markets and the podcast all, all, all within 10 minutes there. I'm well but trained. It, you are, yeah. So I think probably the, the point to get across there is where we're always keen to get information out of people like yourself, Jeff, the investment team, but get it across to not just consumers, but staff as well internally about what's going on in the markets, but as close to layman's terms as possible, really. It, it's trying to understand what is going in, you know, going on in Japan, what is going on in you know, other parts of the world. We've got fund managers dotted around the, the globe working for us, which, which then gives you and the team just a wealth of information. So Absolutely, and I think you know, it's, a, it, it's a real privilege of the job having access to generally so, some of the biggest research centres in the world, mm -hmm. um, all around the world. We have exposure to teams on the ground in, in mainland China. Um, Part of the challenge before we step into the podcast room is to take the information, digest it, put it into context and then strip out all of the jargon because, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. even with the cryptocurrency acronyms there, there's there's a lot of jargon within the financial services yeah. industry. So it's about stripping that out. I think and, we do yeah. a, a great job of simplifying it for for hopefully people at the other end and not, <laughs> not, not talking in. Certainly simplifying it for me as well, which helps, George. But th thank you for the update. And I think we've we've obviously got today's session. We're going to be talking about cash ISAs versus stocks and shares. And we'll we'll probably just open it to a bit of a debate, really, gents. I, I, I don't think there's a, a winner or a loser in this fight. It might be on a, a points decision at the end. Who knows? But mm -hmm. I think we, we, we should probably just start off with an, an Aiden. You've sat quietly and patiently for a while. So uh, what... What is nicer product first? And we, we've obviously, as David mentioned, we've done Master Your Money sessions on this, mm -hmm. but we have a lot of first time viewers who connect onto these sessions. So what, what is an ISA? What does it stand for? What does it mean? Yeah, so an ISA in it itself stands for an individual savings account. And the benefit of an ISA in itself is that it's a tax efficient wrapper for your investments, essentially. So when you put money into an ISA, any of the gains that you receive on that, you can take that out at any time and you won't have any tax to pay on that. So that's, that's probably the basic principle is that, you know, it's a tax wrapper where when you come to take the money out, you don't have to pay any tax on the way out. Now, there is a limit on how much you can put into it in a given year. Um, we would like to see that limit to be higher, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but right now you can put £20,000 in a given year um, and then that will grow throughout its life. And then, as I say, you can take it out at any, any point um, without any tax implications. So in terms of a product itself, I think it's a very simple product, maybe a bit misunderstood sometimes, um, but it's certainly a product that everyone should should have with the looking to, you know, save for any sort of future financial goals, their retirement, you know, anything that they might have on a sort of, you know, 10 to 15 year time horizon, it's a perfect product for something like that. Absolutely, and pe people who've listened to me on the podcast before probably know I like an analogy just to simplify things. I always describe the ISA as the, the, the vehicle 
and what you invest in it is the engine mm -hmm. and that's how quickly it'll get you to where you want to go yeah that's my very simple term and i think that's the the main difference between say cash isa and a stocks and shares and that's that's obviously what we're we're going to get into the ribs of so you know i i done a bit of research last night you know had nothing better to do i think there was a, a football game but i'm not really interested in that at the moment so <laughs> the we'll have a bit of a quiz and this can involve people at home or listeners or or what have you so if you wanted a, a an instant access cash isa um this is which you can probably get on the high street or online compare the the isa.com whatever i've done a fair amount of research what was the best rate you think i could find for a, a, a cash isa with a, a no no fixed term no looking at me not in yeah yeah i would probably go um about one percent Okay, would be my that's an annualized return, yeah. Yeah, and David. Yeah, I think um, it's probably going to be something close to that, but I'd, I'd say maybe slightly less. Yeah. George, you. Sort of, what? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really a guess. <laughs> anything, a anything below one. Yeah. <laughs> we have to put you on a number, David. Um, I'll say about point eight. Okay, George. I was, I was going to say point seven five. Point six five, yeah. and it was with a company I'd never heard of as well, which didn't give me too much confidence but that was for a, a, a kind of an open interest rate on a, a product and it, it kind of tears all the way up to a five-year fixed the maximum on a five-year fixed Aiden so you can't touch your money for five years and you'd expect a rate of interest well if you can't touch it for a couple of years you would have thought maybe you get three percent or something like that David yeah I think it's gonna be about two and a half percent I'll say two percent one point four five percent and I, I went across two or three or four different mm sites looking yeah. for this information I, if i was willing to chuck twenty thousand pound into an isa put it in cash the interest rate i'd get over five years is 1.45 annualized so when we talk about inflation and that's kind of another buzzword isn't it but but also very very important mm -hmm. i described inflation to a, a friend a couple of weeks ago as imagine you're starting a game of football and you're two nil down yeah you need to score three to win that's the way I described it, never mind conceding. Mm -hmm. So I always see inflation as that which is currently at 2%. What's the point in getting 1.45 back? You, you, you are basically just losing money there. And I, I think that's one of the big differences we should really look around is not really the product itself, not the vehicle, but the engine mm, that's yeah. driving the returns. And George, obviously within the investment team, what, what, what kind of returns? We've had TPP run for more than five years, which yeah. is which is what that product's fixed for. What what kind of returns would clients have seen over the last maybe five, six years annualised? If you annualise that up, so for a balanced client, you're looking at a return after portfolio charges. So say the portfolio charges on average 0.8%, 6 to 7% on yeah. an annualised basis. So I think, uh, I think it's a great analogy actually, Greg, because you are right, it depends on the engine which you, you've got in there and the, the fuel which you put in it and making sure that you are in a, an engine which does allow you to not only meet your financial goals but meet your financial goals after you account for inflation. Mm -hmm. So I think you know it, it's a really important aspect for, for, for investors to educate themselves in terms of the types of product but also the types of types of investments which you can you can have in there and you know return which which allows you to to, to beat inflation mm -hmm. I think you know if we use the vehicle analogy again you know you're talking about cash ices with a return of 
1.65, I think it was. 1.45. 1.45, sorry. Yeah. And that could even be a promotional rate for the first year once you yeah. get into the details yeah. of these things. But really, you know, if you're talking about that being a vehicle, you know, that's a Flintstone car, yeah. you know? Yeah. It hasn't got an engine in it yeah. uh, to go anywhere. Um, whereas if you do have financial goals, you know, if it is, say, a house deposit for one of your children in years to come, that amount of money that you have now, which would get you a deposit now, you know, you think about when you had, it, had to get a deposit, that's increased, and it's going to increase again. So you don't want to get to that point in time and think, oh, I've saved this money for this action, and then that action's going to cost you double mm. to get it done at that yeah. point in time. Um, so you've got to make your money work for, work for you, basically. Yeah. Does anybody have a cash ISA? No. no. I did. Yeah. I did have a cash ISA. Yeah. Um, Saving up for a holiday, yeah. and it was a short term I managed to get. I think the interest rate I got was 0.49%, yeah. and it was just to save up money for a holiday, and I just chucked it in there because I knew it was better than being in the bank getting no interest. Um, I knew I was losing against inflation, and I actually do think a cash ISA is a product that exists for a reason. I think if you've got, you know, I would call it your rainy day fund or your, your boiler breaking down. I mean... It's always the example we give, like boilers break down all the time. But uh, I think it's that, yeah, it's, it's up, well, that's it. It's on a lot longer than people down south. Yeah, it's true. But but we we sometimes look at it, and, and that's why I think we need a, a, an even debate, is I do think there's an argument for a cash ISA to be maybe part of your portfolio. Yeah. If you want to access that money in one or two or, or three years' time, because actually investing into the stocks and shares market we'd probably say you should be a five-year-plus investor. Yeah. It's part of actually the risk parameters we do with clients is to say, how long do you need the money in? And if it's anything less than five years, mm -hmm. going on to the stock market may not be the right thing. If it's for a, a wedding in three years' time, you're buying a home and you want your deposit kind of just safe, it could actually be a right place to put it. But what we find is, actually in the main, people are putting money into cash ISA, not because they want it there, they think that's the best way to access yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And and this is another thing we should talk about, gents, is I've just mentioned there are five-year lock-in where to get your money out, you'll pay significant penalties yeah. versus, say, the liquidity of true potential portfolios. So, I mean, David, if I'm a, a client and, you know, I'm not saying use your ISA as a, a bank account, it's not. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a client who's got some money in an ISA and they want to access it because they've they've reached their goal, it's reached the end of the term, how, how easy is it? Is, is it to sort of request your funds to, to access your oh, money? Yeah, it's very easy. So, um, you know, part of what our clients um, have the benefit of is, is a secure messaging system. So they can um, log into their client site and send a message directly to us um, and just ask, you know, look, I'd, I'd like to release uh, some or all or however much out of my ISA. Um, that's actioned by us and uh, we'll, we'll get back to them and then obviously put put things into place and, and start to sell down on the ISA. So very simple yep. uh, from our point of view. And from a trading perspective, the trades are done the same day. Yes. We then request the money to come in from the fund managers, which is normally three working days in addition, and the funds are sent to the client. So, George, one of the, 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 the objectives for you running the funds, the portfolios, is liquidity. It's a, a big talking point for clients when they think, is my money going to be locked away forever? And, and obviously... You know, you hold the key. How, 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 how do you achieve liquidity within? And and by the way, liquidity is just 
access to funds. Yeah. It's 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 kind of yeah, access to funds at a fair price. Yes. Um, and you know, liquidity is a is a hugely important aspect of of our ongoing monitoring. We have um, as a regulatory obligation, there are various um, parties which we work with who are continuously assessing the liquidity profile. But we also do this in house as well. Um, that's you know something which we've taken on to have the ability to carry out liquidity checks on a more regular basis than the regulator would require. Um, I think that's absolutely the right thing to do for the mm -hmm. client. It also informs us as the investment manager the types of conditions which we're trading in. Last year was a, a, a fantastic example where a lot of focus was on market risk. Liquidity risk is also very important. How quickly could clients get their money out at a fair price? Mm. That's why we don't hold things such as these are all what we call, I'm going to throw an acronym there, but USITS funds, um, which we operate, which means that we don't invest in direct bricks and mortar. Back in 2016, you had that situation where essentially fund managers were trying to sell half the city of London in mm. one day. <laughs> Doesn't work. So we have liquid instruments within our within our strategies. I think it's also important to to mention, you know, that title stocks and shares ISA. When you think about a stocks and shares ISA, and it's maybe what drives a lot of people towards cash is mm, they just yeah. think of Wall Street and yeah. I'm not putting my money, my savings for my wedding in one or two companies and yeah. having my future at the mercy of those one or two companies either remaining solvent and growing. We offer what we call the diversified portfolio, which can be held within a, a stocks and shares ISA. It gives you exposure to companies, stocks and shares, but of different size, different sectors, different um, geographical regions, different types, bonds of different maturity, mm -hmm. government bonds, company bonds. Mentioned at the beginning, the divergence in terms of the performance. We offer good breadth in terms of our exposure to the bond market, metals, gold, silver, platinum, you know, currencies, we, we hold a, a basket of different instruments. If you were to open the lid on, on our portfolios, we offer exposure to tens of, tens of thousands of individual yeah. holdings. So it's not the, the, the Wall Street one or two companies and yeah. picking them out of the Sunday Times. A couple of blue chip type investments. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's an important, important aspect to bring out, just given that, that title. Yeah, I think, you know, there is often poor terminology in this industry. I think stocks and shares ISA is probably one of them that doesn't relate to, to how they, they work now. You know, and I think a lot of people think I haven't got the expertise to run these things myself. Well, you don't have to because we've got the expertise here at our head office and obviously around the globe with our fund management partners. I think trying to get that message across is hopefully something we can do today. Um, but as a wider piece, it's something that needs the industry needs to work on as well, I think. The latest material I could find, but it was diving into kind of geographical areas with ISA exposure. And this was one I was shocked with. All the regions in the UK, um, the lowest subscribers percentage based into ISA was actually London. And you'd, you'd always make that assumption of London, the city, so on. 37% yeah. of people hold or paid into an ISA within that tax year which I found pretty low, it's nearly it's one in yeah. three. Yeah. And the highest was the Southwest, one yeah. in two. And this was just subscribing into ISA. Now, we're talking about, you know, savings, savings gap, you know, and, and putting money away. I also believe there's a bit of a, a misnomer on, I need to be rich, or I need to have a lot of money to be an investor. Yeah. And that's, that's a myth we try and, you know, 
dismiss at every opportunity because we allow clients to invest from from very little. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right with that one. You know, there's conversations I'm sure all of us have had with either you know acquaintances, family members, and the like, and they've said, you know, I don't have any money, so I I can't save. And you think, well, no, you need to start saving so you have money, and that that's a differential, and that's obviously something that we've been able to push through with our um, client technology. You know, having the app, apps on your phone, Impulse Save, um, the client websites, just really giving individuals the tools they need to make sure that they're maintaining and looking after their financial goals and I think this is I might be leading leading the conversation astray a bit but that's something that I see as a real differential between a cash ISA and a stocks and shares ISA is that I think invariably you're more likely to move money out of a cash ISA if you see it's not doing anything mm -hmm. if you see it's staying relatively static you know 0.45 as, as an example there but if you're seeing that your stocks and shares ISA that on your client site and client app you've set a goal for 10 years time for you know a cruise or a great holiday or something like that and you can see day by day that money's rising with the contributions you're putting in direct debits you know I feel like it makes it that little bit more tangible mm -hmm. which makes it that little bit more sort of well I won't touch that because I, yeah, I've kind of future spent that if that <laughs> makes sense yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of the main things I, I feel there is that the cash ISA, because it doesn't really do as much for you on a growth scale, you feel it's easier to take out. To yeah, I think honest. so. I mean, I'll, I'll give an example. My younger sister who was saving to buy a house and I says, well, you know, how long are you looking to save and buy a house? And she said, this was years ago now, but it was kind of, you know, maybe five to ten years I'm looking to buy a house. I says, why don't you put it in an, in an, in an ISA? Obviously, I work at True Potential. We've mm -hmm. we've got an ISA, and she say, oh, well, I, you know, I can't afford one of those. I thought, well, it doesn't really cost you anything. You can open up an account, put fifty pound in. You don't have to be, you know, Warren Buffett to have a, an yeah. ISA with True yeah. Potential. You can mm -hmm. be the, 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 the next person off the street. But there's a term when I when I first came for interviews many years ago that sort of st always stuck with me, and that was. The de democratization of savings, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, easy for me to say, um, <laughs> but 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 that it, it, it's a phrase which I, I really like, and I think it, it boils down a lot of what we do in terms of not only you know giving clients access to some of the, the biggest fund managers in the world where you would need a high minimum threshold. We, we, we take that barrier down. You get the same expertise, the same team. Your yeah. pound goes into the same pot as everybody else's money. But you also get all of the technology in your hands. You get the views, you get the research, you get that information. So there's no pools for, for different clients. If you're a client of True Potentials, your pound is, is just as important as the, the 100,000 mm, pound yeah, which is yeah. invested yeah. on that day. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to my sister, what I said is, well, open up an ISIS. I've already got one. I've got one with the bank. Mm. And you know, as I, 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 I explain it, it's a, a savings account. It's not really, it's using that ISA wrapper, but it's not getting any real benefit yeah. it's not it's yeah. not growing you're just putting it into a, a subpar savings account really and we we we, we obviously i twisted around and it went into tpp and i think she bought a house earlier george so thank you um <laughs> but yeah ju just another one from the, the survey i read last night and then i'll stop it with the the facts and figures and stats because they some people find them boring but i don't in 2018 2019 tax year 40 billion pounds went in of new contributions, new new flows in the cash ISAs. 
in the equivalent period, on, I say only, 18 billion, so less than half, went into stocks and shares. And that's, mm. that's interesting when we just revert back to what George mentioned earlier. The market and the true potential balance portfolio delivering 6 7% after returns. Mm. Cash, as we've just talked about, the maximum rate you're looking at right now is, let's say, one half. You lose into inflation already. Why? Why do we think that is, David? I mean, why do you think people are evidentially more than twice as likely to put it in cash? Do you think it's a misnomer that it's it's safe, it's accessible? I'm not going to lose it. I'm. Yeah, I think I think part of the issue there is that um, for most most kind of um, investors or, or clients or just your average person. Um, Almost the first um, foray into um, finances and savings is to do with a bank. You open a bank yeah. account, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, for myself, uh, I've had my bank account with with the bank I'm with for um, you know twenty odd years now, um, and um, that's that's been great for me. But the first um, ISA I had many many years ago was a cash ISA with mm -hmm. that because it was one of the products that was offered to me at the time when internet banking came along. Um, uh, you know, and and was kind of coming more to the forefront. Uh, make myself sound really old here, um, mm. but when that when that had come to the forefront, um, you know, you know yourself when you log in, um, you'll be prompted, "Would you like to, um, you know, open a, a cash ISA mm -hmm. with us?" Um, so I think that's that's probably part of the reason there, uh, Greg. I think I think for for new, um, you know, younger people, uh, that's that's the first kind of instance they get. Yeah, I think there's a lot of inertia in built into. Mm -hmm. The cash I used to go into, as you say, the bank that I've been with for, for 20 years or whatever. Um, but obviously, you know, inertia isn't going to help them reach the financial No, it's, it's not. Um, but getting invested in, in something that's geared up and is actually trying to deliver positive returns for them, that will, you know. Um, so that's certainly the way I would look at, look at things. And I think, you know, there needs to be more of a discussion around Yes, have a really dear fund as we discussed before, but how much needs to be in there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and could it be better placed elsewhere with a proportion in that really dear, you know, boiler or whatever, that's what, you know, 2,000 pounds say as an example, would be a relevant really dear fund. Um, and the rest, you know, you should be getting working for you as well because of that money that you discussed there, you know, how long is it going to sit on deposit for, mm -hmm. you know? Probably on average, the, these cash ices are kept for the length of times that we've discussed, which is probably 15 or 20 years, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, where, I, where it's actually, once it goes over that threshold of uh, 15, say 20 years, it's obviously been a detriment to the client having it there rather than invested in the market. Yeah, I mean, there's an estimate 300 billion sitting in cash ices today, which is big amount of money. I had to do a double take and a triple take, but I think it was billion, yeah. which is a, a lot. A lot. Of zeros at the end. It is a lot of zeros. Yeah, <laughs> I was tired last night. My eyes were going to be crossed over. But um, we, we've, we've talked about, you know, the way true potential operates and we, we've, we've touched a little bit on technology, but I think technology is right at the heart of it. David, you might have accidentally mentioned it. Clients log into their online bank and with yeah. their bank and they can see open cash ice, a new product, whatever attractive rates and so on but Aiden obviously for existing but also for new true potential customers as you mentioned earlier they can go on the apps they can invest but also setting a goal we we, we yeah. talk about goal-based investing on pretty much almost every podcast but as I mentioned earlier we have some first-time listeners or 
people might zone out at certain points, but just just explain what what goal based invest. What's the difference between opening a product and leaving it there forever versus being a goal based investor? What what does that look like? Yeah, so you know, there is um, people who might just set up uh, an investment because they've got a bit of spare money and they just want to see it doing something. But actually, invariably, we will all everyone will have a goal for that pot of money, whether they, you know it's solidified completely as a goal yet, but most importantly, it'll probably be, the goal will be retirement, or you know, a big purchase as, we, as we've been saying. So through our processes and through the system, you can very easily set a goal for each individual investment. So you could have an ISA goal, you could have a pension goal, um, and you could even have a general investment account goal, just to, to, to put that out there. Um, and you've got different pots of money doing different things, achieving different things for yourself there. Now, you know, through the client sites, as an example, you could have a goal of, as I think I mentioned it before, you know, like say, like a sailing trip around the world or something like that. You can put these goals onto your client site, have a little picture on there, sailboat or something like that, just to really visualize and, and, and put the impact in there. And, you know, you can do this from setting up a brand new investment where it's a direct debit of however much going in a month, 50, 100 pound, but if you've got cash ices that are sitting there giving you a low interest rate, you can log on to your true potential client site and actually transfer that cash ISA as well. So you could transfer that cash, cash ISA into a stocks and shares ISA, allowing you to sort of, you know, push ahead and reach financial goals quicker. Yeah, have you got a goal set in your client site? Well, <laughs> my only real goal is uh, retirement, to be honest, so I can have a decent retirement and uh, not have to keep on working until I'm 100 years old, basically. So that's my only goal right now. Yeah. I'm sure there may be <coughs> others in the future. Do you um, log in and track that goal? Yeah, I, I do actually. And, and one of the benefits is, is you know, say I do an impulsive of, you know, 100 pound or something like that, you know, I might have a bit of money at the end of the month. Um, one of the really cool things I think on the website is that when you put in, say, I'm going to put, you know, max my ISA even, you know, if you put a goal in there, it'll tell you how quicker, how, how much earlier you're going to reach your financial goal. So whether that's five months, five days, or five years, it says this is how you get. This is when you're going to get there, or could get there. Is probably yeah. the best way to say that. Um, and I think that level of engagement that it gives you is just, you know, it's fantastic because that level of engagement means that you think. Oh, well, if I can finish that, if I can get that money earlier, then I'll put more money in now. You'll you know? keep doing it. You'll keep doing it. Yeah. yeah it's it's a little booster, isn't it? A little it? booster, it's yeah, little it's booster, fantastic. Yeah. And George, do you? Yeah, uh, well. Yeah, I've got I've got long term and short term goals. Um, I, I everything I pretty much everything I do is a, a lifestyle is goal based. <clears throat> I, I you know I I don't believe you can hit a target if you can't see it. To throw a cliche in there, but mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's true and being able to picture it, track it, and the benefit is you know we'll provide a projection. Um, no guarantees in the projection, but it, it gives you an idea in terms of where you'll be over a period of time, given your your current risk level and how close you are to, towards meeting that. And you know, it, it almost brings you back to the conversation of that statistic. I, I've been sort of dwelling on that around how much is in cash ices versus stocks and shares ices. And your point, David, in terms of how much of that is just habit. People have been put into cash ices. And they haven't really bothered to, to, to go out and look in terms of what else is in there. 
essentially what we're what we're really pushing to do is close that education gap give people the tools to have the choice to move and be aware of the different options mm -hmm. out there hence you know master your money hence this, this this session which we're doing today so i think goal-based investing is 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 a really important aspect to allow you to think about where you where you want to be how you're going to get there and understand where you are on that journey mm -hmm. David. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, probably the same as everyone. I've got some short-term goals and some longer-term goals. Mm -hmm. um, I use my ISA for, for kind of short-term goals. So for me, um, I'm saving for a holiday for next year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, the, the great thing is, as, as we've said, you know, being able to track that, see where I'm at. If I've got some extra money at the end of the month, I can, I can add that in nice and easily mm -hmm. uh, on my client site. And um, yeah, and obviously the longer-term goals are, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm can look after myself in retirement as well. Yeah, and it's a big difference to what 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 else you can do in the market, even even in kind of the the the, the financial services market, not just comparing to say banks, yeah. but allowing clients to log in to interact with their investments. It's yeah. it's actually quite unique. A lot mm. of the tools we offer clients, Impulse Save, you know, a, a world first, mm. to allow clients just to comfortably move money from bank account and into investment. And I think, as you said, Aidan, the key when I do an Impulse Save is you know, I can retire two days earlier. You think, great. You know, two two days. Stop which planning is, your two days. Uh, <laughs> I said I've already planned them. Two rounds of golf, George. Um, but I think, you know, gents, I I I think probably we're we're getting towards the end of it. Aiden, do you? I mean, there's there's four of us, so we might have a tie. But I I think rather than saying which one would you pick, because I already know the answer. Probably the question I'll ask is: Is the merit in both? Yeah. That's probably a, a better question, a more balanced question. There is merit in both. Um, if I was to be asked the question of which one, I would have chosen the stocks and shares ISO, though. I'll just yep. leave you with that anyway. <laughs> George, if I gave you £20,000 today and said you don't need to access that money for 15 years' time, what would you do? I, I, I work in fund management, so I'm going to back the stocks and shares ISO <laughs> every right. day of the week. Yeah. And David, if I gave you £2,000, to invest for six months because you're going on holiday in six months time what would you do yeah i think in that instance i'd, I'd probably go with the uh the cash isa um just just for kind of ease and, and knowing that that i've got that that very short term goal mm -hmm. um obviously if it was a longer time frame greg i'd probably go the other way i swear the way i asked them questions just so we got the right answers <laughs> before we finish one 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 really good point of note and i i don't even know if you gents know about this but earlier Earlier this week, we had two really special guests uh, come into head office, and it sounds very American, this one, but apparently the marketing team thought it was a good idea, so we'll, we'll blame <laughs> Graham, Katie, and Luke and, and the team if, if it doesn't go down well. But it was, it was actually really reassuring and good to hear. We had our 100,000th client invested in the true potential portfolios. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when George was mentioning earlier about, you know, the democratised... I'll not even try and say <laughs> Leveling out the savings, you know, it, it, it just goes to show 100,000 clients now, George, that you and the team look after. But your largest investor will have several millions. Your smallest investor will have several pounds or pennies. But they're all invested in the 10 true potential portfolios. And I think that's, that's really fantastic. So I think we've just got a little clip of, of, of the clients who we were absolutely delighted to host in head office. Uh, so by magic, they'll be talking uh, in yeah, a second. We have uh, some investment in stocks and shares, ISA, and ISA, and we're looking um, for our money to grow within that element of our portfolio. 
But equally, we have investment in other areas. We feel it's important not to put all our eggs in one basket. Um, and so we have um, some investment in in, in property, uh, we have uh, other small pots of money elsewhere as well because we think that's really important that we spread that spread that risk, if you like. But in terms of stocks and shares, Isaac, we're really looking forward to some return and on that. now you're back with us, so just like that. Um, I had the so pleasure of meeting the clients as well, and I know that they will be watching this podcast. So thank you very much for coming in. It was a pleasure to, to meet you, and it's a privilege to, to look after your money. Yeah, I know, I know the feedback I got from the team was they were, I think, surprised, probably like most you know, millionth customers or, you know, yeah. tenth customer, whatever it tends to be when you're in the shopping mall and the balloons go off and stuff. I don't That's think right. there's any of that, George, but we were, we're absolutely delighted to host them as a, as a firm and it was our, our pleasure. And I know they, they, they seem to enjoy themselves on the, on the day. So that's, that's, that's great to hear. But obviously, thanks to the other many, many thousands of clients invested with yeah. us, you know, looking around the table, I know you were maybe client one, client three, client 10, you know, we don't know. We were, we, we were one of the early adopters because of true potential, we believe in skin in the game, which yeah. is all of our money's in there. So I know David, you joked or didn't joke, told us about crypto earlier and yeah. in, in your, your hobby, which is what it is. It's yeah. not necessarily where all your funds go, is it? No, absolutely not. I mean, um, you know, my, you know, that the, I would say 90% or 95% of, of kind of, you know, what I have to invest is, is in secure and, and kind of managed investments with true potential. Um, as a hobby, I like to look at other things outside of that, but it's certainly not what I'd be um, looking at for, for kind of, you know, a, a sensible or, or kind of consistent approach uh, yeah, you to, wouldn't, to investing. You wouldn't want your pension all hanging on the Absolutely. value of a Absolutely JPEG, not. which is what I found out this morning. <laughs> Absolutely not. In, in various wallets that we talked about that I didn't understand. So um, I, I think that's us, uh, gents. Thank you for participating today. Good, good session. I hope everybody yeah. did enjoy that uh, tuning in. So as ever, please do remember to like the video and also subscribe to get more content from the True Potential team. Thank you very much. Subscribing to the True Potential YouTube channel is quick and easy. Simply go to the channel on your desktop or through the YouTube app on your phone and click the subscribe button. You can then press the notification bell symbol if you wish to be notified as and when new videos are released. Doing this is a great way to keep yourself updated with market developments and personal finance insights. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed and we look forward to continuing to help you do more with your money.